everyone, and welcome back to, I believe this is episode five now, um, of the of our podcast series. And today we'll be talking about NHL free agent frenzy and some trades. So as per usual, grab your snacks, grab your drinks, crack open a nice cold beer, and listen to... Oh, sounds good. To, yeah, right? Listen to two... <laughs> now you got me in the... <laughs> Well, listen to two college students and friends just go on tangents and rants that you probably don't care about, but you're probably slightly entertained, which is why you, which is why you still listen to our podcast. So to get things going, we're going to talk about a trade that happened the day after our last episode was uploaded, which is the Marc-Andre Fleury trade. Uh, could, where could have happened the day prior. Yeah, it did. It did. So Mark Andre <laughs> it would have been nice if it had happened the day before, so we could have got it in the last episode. But it is our it our luck, our luck is the day after we post the Mark Andre Fleury trade happens, and it just sort of splashes social media. Uh, so let's get. So here it is. The trade is going to Chicago. Is Mark Andre Fleury going to Vegas? Uh, Chicago prospect Mikhail Hakkarainen, who is has games in the ECHL and games in the AHL. Not much games. He's not, he's not like a good prospect or anything. He's like a C prospect. Clearly, it's a win for Chicago. But the it's story behind it, yeah, the story behind it is quite interesting. Alex, you want to tell the story? So, I believe what happened is he was not informed of the trade whatsoever. And he's on Twitter. Like, the social media app, Twitter, that everyone checks every day. And he said that he found out apparently on Twitter that yes. he was getting traded, that the, the Knights never contacted him or yep. his, his agent didn't know either, I think. And then he, so he had to contemplate, he said that, oh, well, do I want to move my family to Chicago or do I want to just say, all right, this is it, we can move wherever we want. Yeah. But I know at first, I saw the rumor that he was going to try to make his way back. I think you told me this. He was going to try to make his way back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, that was the rumor as well. Yeah, that was rumor out of Chicago's uh, analyst, Mark Lazarus. Uh, and I he said, Mark, yeah, he said that rumor is if, you know, Chicago might move to Pittsburgh if possible to get, you know, just get a huge return. But turns out the good news is announced uh, just today, Mark andre Fleury is playing with the Hawks. Confirmed of the plane. Screw you, Vegas. Fuck you, Vegas. Huge dub, Stan Bowman. Rare dub by Bowman. How often do you say that? <laughs> yeah. How often do I say that? Very little. Huge dub for Stan Bowman. Fleecing Vegas. Uh, one thing I want to say, though. I think it's a pure salary dump. It, I, I think it is, too, in the end. And one thing I want to say, though. This just gives me another reason to hate Vegas. You don't contact. Oh, my God. You actually got a beer. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. I drink and I know things. Awesome. <laughs> so, you inspired me. Yeah. So, um, well, what was I say? I totally forgot now because I saw the beer in your hand. How much you hate uh, uh, the ADHD? You said, how about how much if you brought it up? And I was like, damn, I really want a beer. Oh, so I was like, right. You get, you're talking about how much you hate Vegas <laughs> and how they're. I'll get into this because I want to comment about it too and how they absolutely disrespected Mark Andre yeah, Fleury. Absolutely disrespect Mark Andre Fleury, who's a future Hall of Famer, won the Vesna Trophy, one of the best goalies um, in our time. Yeah, one of the best goalies in our lifetime, arguably top five for sure in our lifetime. Um, I mean, and you he finds out via Twitter, his agent finds out via Twitter. But we both think there wasn't much story on the agent how he found out. Just basically all about Fleury. Put it, put it um, this way. He found out the same way we found out. Yeah. And we're Twitter. two college guys. <laughs> Twitter, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, like, that's how the it's fan out. It's, it's, honestly, it's disgusting. And well, it's, well, well the worst part me. is, the worst part is, is the owner of Vegas, um, last season, with Marc-Andre Fleury and his wife in the elevator said, you know, hey, I see Fleury in Vegas, retiring as a Golden Knight, he will be here until the end of his contract, you know, those, you know, those words. And, you know, those are some impactful words to hear. These aren't like, oh, you know, just 
filler words. These are words saying Flurry is here to stay. He's not being traded. And then what happens? He's traded to Chicago. An absolute stab in the back by the Vegas Golden Knights franchise. You remember the image of his uh, – Of course I remember the image. The sword through the back. That's the, when I saw that, he wrote on Twitter. That was the first thing I thought was this. Well, I think it's an agent, but the, the picture of a sword through his back. Yes, and you're exactly ironically, right. Ironically, it was on Twitter. Right, and uh, just disrespect by the Vegas organization, absolutely it, it, shameful. Really Classic player, petty. one of the most beloved guys. You can't yeah. even, like, let alone bring him into the office, tell him, let alone call him, not even text him, you, you don't tell him. Right. Well, here's the funny thing. And then the, the Vegas GM, he writes a tweet later saying, oh, we informed Flurry that he was in trade talks with teams and Chicago was amongst them. Yeah, but before you confirm a trade and announce it publicly, you've, you give you tell the player. Flurry the call. You give Flurry the call to the Hayford so you know we're trading Chicago. The trade's about to go public after the phone call. Just give the guy the phone call, have some respect, have some just human decency, and just he's your, he's, he was the guy that got Vegas on the map in, in year one. Give the, give the guy a damn call. He, he's arguably, you know, obviously Vegas has not been around that long. He's arguably the most famous player in Vegas history. He was by far their biggest name when they did the expansion draft. Like, this, right. Have some class. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, know, I know you. I know you hate Vegas. I don't have a personal vendetta against Vegas. I don't give a shit about the Knights, for being honest. Like, like yeah, all right, that's another team to me. It's it's disgusting. I can't believe how they treated him. Yeah, it's it's just gross. Um, and you know, going back to the image that his uh, Flurry's agent posted on Twitter last year. Yeah, last I think year. It was last year when they. Yeah, they when they got Leonard. Leonard and him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now they got Leonard. That, you're right, you're right, you're right. that image didn't make sense when they acquired Leonard, in my opinion. I still thought Flurry deserved the spot, and he did. Although Leonard played in the postseason, in the COVID postseason. He played pretty well, Robin Leonard. Um, he's a great goalie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's an underrated goalie, good goalie. Played well with the Islanders in Chicago. Playing well for Vegas now. Now, Vegas. now, this image makes a lot more sense. And has it just right now after the way the exit after Flurry's exit how how it happened this makes a lot more a lot more sense and um yeah I mean that's my opinion on it anything else to add I mean I've said disgusted like four times now but I think it's the word that sums up better really gutless act by Vegas. Yeah, it's just really a win for Chicago, though. A win for Chicago. That's a huge pick. Exactly. Yes. To end this. Exactly. We got him for legit nothing, and now we now we're now we're now we're a legit playoff contender. If if you look at it from a Chicago standpoint, it's a lot different. It's like, oh, we just got a great generational goaltender, and we're contenders with the playoffs instead of Vegas. Oh, they treated the star player like crap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so just, yeah, maybe look at it from the Chicago standpoint, a lot more, you know, of a happy moment. Like, oh, hey, he's kind of trying to bring us back to the glory. Yeah, and now. the thing is, we we got Flurry the 27th, and it's like, oh, okay, this this trade is really a a a win win for Chicago. There's no, you know, let's say we get Flurry right, we get his rights, we can talk to him about coming back, and if Flurry decides to retire, we lost a. Grade C prospect who played six games in the ECHL and I believe it's six games in the AHL. Not a huge yeah, loss. It's, it's not like you're so, going to be losing like the next McDavid. <laughs> exactly. And then if he plays, it's an absolute steal. So Chicago is in a it was in a position where it's basically a win-win for them, and and it comes out to be a win. So moving on to the free agent frenzy and what a frenzy it was. Our conversation. Where do you even begin? <laughs> yeah, where do you even begin? Uh, we have a lot of contract. There's a lot. There's a lot of contract extensions, re-signings, uh, obviously free agent signings. Um, uh, one thing is is clear. We're not going to cover you know minor trades. Um, sorry, minor minor free agent signings. We're going to cover the big ones. That way, we keep the podcast to the one hour length that we like. Um, this episode might be shorter, might be shorter, but that that's fine. Um, 
if, if we went over every single little move, it, it would probably take us three or four hours. Yeah, it's just, it's a long list, and we want to give our thoughts on the big on the big signings. Just give our thoughts and then keep moving through this list. So we can get to the trades and the second part of this podcast. So starting off, um, I, I would start off with Alec Martinez, but it's a contract extension. I'm going to start off with Carolina signing Frederick Anderson to a two-year, $4.5 million per season, a total contract of two years, $9 million. I love this That's move for Carolina. I love the move. Um, this was interesting, though. It's a very cheap move, in my opinion. Cheap move by the, by the management and ownership of Carolina. They depart from Nadelkovich going to Detroit. They grab Bernier. Bernier does not sign with Carolina. Mrazek does not. They depart with Mrazek as well. They do not re-sign Mrazek. And now they bring in Fred Anderson, who I think is extremely underrated. Yeah. And he had, yes, he had a bad year with Toronto last year. But I think a change of scenery will help him out. Wasn't he also injured, too? At some point mm-hmm. last year. What was that? Say that again. Wasn't Anderson also injured too this past season? He was. I think he was injured a few times. I'm not sure though. I would have to look that up. But uh, Freddie, oh, Freddie struggled. He struggled he last year. And yeah, Jack Campbell stuff. took. Yeah, Jack Campbell took the position Jack rightfully so. Right? But the past few years, Anderson has been criminally underrated in Toronto, and I, I think I, going I, to I Carolina. I have a good story about Anderson. So I went to a playoff game in 2019. It was Boston-Toronto game two. And Anderson made some of the most ridiculous saves I've ever seen in person. Oh, yeah, some of them made it on TV. He had one I remember so specifically. Someone turned it over right in front of the net. I think it was Brad Marshall to go pot it in. Anderson went from post to post diving across. Like, oh, police off the game. Didn't we watch that game in your dorm room? No, I was at the game. Oh, what was the one game we saw? Um, we watched a lot of them together. <laughs> it was. It would have been. Every, I think we watched every one that series except for the one I went to. I believe it was Game Three or Game Four. Anderson, this is in Toronto. Anderson goes yeah, from the left. Boston, goes from the left side to the right side. There's a gaping open net, and Anderson with a paddle save. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. I'm going to play. He said, listen, he said bad games. Uh, I remember specifically game seven, 2018. He let this go. There's a bunch of game sevens. He's had plethora of bad game sevens, but it's not his fault. It's the, it's the Leafs roster that on those games, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but I, I vividly remember, and I think it was, who was announcing the game? I don't remember. Uh, I remember watching the highlights after. It might have been Eddie Olchek. Was it Eddie Olchek or um, Mike Bilberry said, the final score of the game was 4-1 Boston. He said if it wasn't for Anderson tonight, it would have been like 9-1 Boston. That was ridiculous. I believe I remember it. we I won the game. It. I felt I felt good. We won the game. But I remember walking out of the garden going, we have to go against him for five. We won the series, obviously, Boston beat Toronto. That's how it goes. But I remember walking out of the arena going, oh, we got to beat him five more or four, three more times. I remember, when he, I remember in his days in Anaheim, right? Which feels like forever ago, by yeah. the way. 2015, um, the Western Conference Finals, Chicago versus Anaheim. Um, Anderson was outstanding every night, day in, day out. And, I mean, oh, my goodness. Game uh, – just the amount of – the amount of overtimes, triple overtimes in, uh, in that series, Anderson and Crawford – Trading save after save after save, both look terrific, and Anderson looked great. And That's such a good series. Yeah, I, I think, I think officially the change of scenery going from Toronto to Carolina will help him out and bring him back to what he was two years ago. I love, really like that move for Carolina. Yeah, this, this is a good move for Carolina. Although I, I, I would like I would like to see them keep Nadelkovich. Uh he's you know, he's a young goalie and he played absolutely amazing the postseason. It's a shame to see him go to Detroit, but you know, that that's that, that's in the past. Moving on to the next signing, 
Uh, we're going to go to Calgary as they signed Blake Coleman to a six-year, $4.9 million per season. Uh, Coleman coming off of winning back-to-back cups with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think this is a tremendous overpayment. Uh, I don't. I like the signing by Calgary. I don't like the term. I don't like the contract. But it's a good. But I like the player. If it was maybe a three-year deal at like two and a half million per, this is way overpayment. Yeah, I remember as soon as I saw this, I texted you going. So he was one of the guys I had on my uh, my radar to come to Boston. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he and I remember texting you, so I seeing, I go, not for that cap pit. I want, I don't want him. Not right, for yeah. that, 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 I agree. What an overpay. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, I think, I think 2.5 is like the proper range for hit for Coleman. I'm not saying yeah. he's, a, he's a bad player, but he's not, he's not 5 million. He's borderline 5 million. That, that's yeah. not what yeah. he's, he's not, he's not that. He's a good player. I agree. He's a good player, but like, but of course, you know when you win a Stanley Cup, champions get overpaid. Yeah, especially back to back, your stock increases so, immensely. There's a fantastic quote from Martellus Bennett after he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots. He hit free agency and he goes, "I know I'm in for a good day. They pay champions well." This is a parrot right here with Blake Coleman. Right, he's right, and we'll get to another one later on with Mark Goodrow. Well, oh, maybe not. That one's not. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, so next we're going to one, you know, Ryan Suter, Dallas. Ryan Suter and Zach Parise get bought out of their contract. Tremendously, they are tremendously long contracts. Um, although I was expecting Parise to get bought out, but not Ryan Suter. I thought he's still a good top four defenseman. Uh, he signs a four-year deal with Dallas at three point six five million per season, a total a total cap of fourteen point six million dollars. Uh, I like his signing by Dallas. However, it might age poorly in year three and four of the contract. So I think for now yeah. it's going to be good. I, I do think – so, again, another guy had a my radar to come to Boston. Well, and, Boston um, Boston were suitors for Ryan Suter. They, they were, were, they were, they were on, the top, they're on the top spots. So the one thing that gets this contract I really don't like is they give him four years. Yes. I, I think I, it's a little bit too long. Suter's 36. That means he's going to go through, what, he'll be 40. Yeah, because he's I'm looking up now. His birthday's in January, so he will be 40 when his contract expires. And, a and lot of guys like, start drop off. Listen, you have exceptions, you know. Joe Thornton's still playing at like 40, what, 42. Dan O'Chara's 44. Yeah. Maybe still playing. We'll see. I think he's still an unrestricted free agent. But you're an exception. But not a lot of guys can go play. Oh, I'm gonna go play elite hockey when I'm 40. Yeah, I just yeah. that's what I don't like about the deal is because it's gonna age poorly. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, you, know, you know, you can play well. I'd say usually around 38 and 39 when you start to see the guys do like no it's time. Right, right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. At least in the NHL, defensemen, I would argue defensemen last longer in absolutely, terms of their playing absolutely. years. However, they don't last long to where, you know, you're paying a guy who's 38 going on to 40, 3.6 million per season. You start paying them like 1.5, and you don't sign them to two. You don't sign them to four-year deals either. You sign them 1.5 million one-year contract, and you re-sign one-year contract every time. That's why Larry Joe oh, Thornton has signed a two-year deal. I wouldn't mind if they gave him a two-year deal. I don't think two years would have been bad for him. No, I don't think I think a two day would have been good for him. I think two years, two years of that cap at three point six is fine. Yeah, or three point six is no. Three point six no at four years no. Even the money's not like it's maybe it's a little turn. much. It, it, it's the turn that's I, the problem. It, it's the years I have a problem with. Yeah. 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 Can I, can I bring one up real quick, by the way, just because we're gonna go over it. People will just look yeah. over it because uh, I do. Want to bring up the cat Ovechkin being signed for their five years? Um, almost guaranteed he's gonna break Gretzky's goal record. Yeah, if he if he has to score. If you want to put that up though, that's gonna be pretty awesome. I'm a big Ovechkin guy. Oh, Ovechkin for me, Ovechkin over Crosby. That's controversial uh, statement right there. I like Ovechkin more for sure. Ovechkin's my favorite non-Boston Bruins player of all time. But um, right. 
Oh, that's Seamus Crosby can do a whole debate about that. But um, five years, uh, yo, again, I love Ovechkin, one of my favorites. I was a little bit caught off guard by the um, by the five years, the uh, length of the contract. Right. Because that'll take him until 40 as well, which, okay. I think Ovechkin's a different breed. I have nothing against Suter. I can just see Ovechkin playing. More oh, I think of I think that Ovechkin. Well, Ovechkin's a generational player. But I think Ovechkin has the perfect contract. This is a great contract for him. I think. I, I thought for sure it would be three, maybe two or three years. I thought five was surprising. Hey, dude, just for his legacy, deserves every penny of what he gets. Right. But well, I I, uh, I was a little caught up with, but I like I said, the main thing I away from this he's breaking the, the record for gold. Well here's the thing. I, I I think Ovechkin can break the record, but in the next five years of his deal, let's say he retires in the five years end of the five years. So they get to score uh, I think it's like thirty two goals per season, or maybe forty goals a season. Somewhere it's around there. Lot, yeah. But 30, he's 32 to 40, yeah, he has to score thirty two to forty goals, somewhere around there that range. Every year of the five years to pass or to to tie the record to tie the record. So it's a lot of goals. Yeah, right now, he's got he's got a score. Right now he's 164 goals behind Gretzky. That's but that's around what like 37 goals per season, something like that. The next you know I'm not good at math. Sounds right though. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's again it's between that thirty-two and forty goal per season mark. So I watched a video by the hockey guy about it. That's what he was saying, somewhere around there. He easily will move into at least number two, four this year. No, this year he can move into. Oh, four, this no year problem. four. Okay, yeah, four. Yeah, he's can, only yeah. he's only eleven behind Brett Hall for four all time right now. So right. I, I'd put a, I'd put lots of money that he scores twelve goals in a full season. Obviously, unless he gets injured, and then he needs to hit. 766 to tie Yager, so he'd need 36, which is possible for sure in a full season. Right. Well, yeah. I think. Yeah, he'll have to play. He'll have to probably play through that up to that five years to pass Gretzky. I was second at 801. Which yeah, yeah, I believe he's at 801. I have the list up right now, so yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, I think Ovechkin can definitely tie the record in the next five years. Break it, too, if he ha- if again, he has to yeah. score certain amount of goals per season. And I think, honestly, if, if Ovechkin is close to tying there, close to beating it by the end of his contract, he'll resign, he'll for, like another, he'll resign for, another, for another two years or so just, just to break the record or tie it. Yeah. Because uh, um, that's who, yeah, that, that's, that's who Ovechkin is. He's after the oh. goal record right now. And, and yeah, it's I mean, public information. He he wants it. He yeah, I don't think it. it's any of a shock. He got his Stanley Cup. Yeah, he's right. got his cup. He's, he's going to the Hall of Fame already. Um, now now he's going for the now now he's going for Gretzky's goals uh, goals uh, goals record. Moving on to uh, the next, uh, I don't know, I don't know, not big, um, but interesting resigning that we just covered. I want to go over a Jonathan Bernier here at two years, 4.15 per season with New Jersey. It's just a funny thing we just briefly covered a few moments ago, how he gets traded from Detroit to Carolina, and he hits the market, and he signs with New Jersey. I think that's funny. Um, but again, Carolina bounces, bounces back and gets two very good goalies, as long as the other one stays healthy in, in, in the Indiranta. Uh, but made official, I was seeing free agent on free agent day. July 28th was this, the fortunate Seth, Seth Jones, eight years, 9.5 per season. <laughs> oh my God, that contract is, is going to screw us over. Oh, geez. That's just, uh, I know from last that number, love that deal. Yeah, we're not going to much time off of last because of the last podcast episode, but oh my God, that, that's just a huge number. Wow, it's going to age very poorly. Uh, moving on. To one that I think is uh, a safe contract, Dallas, as they signed Braden Holpe to a one-year, two million, two million dollar deal. I think it's a nice deal for Dallas. Uh, he, should, 
Holtby struggled with Vancouver, um, and it brought him out. And I think him going to Dallas is a perfect spot. And let's see if he can research his career. He's getting he's getting older, and you know, he he didn't have a fantastic regular season the year the Caps won the Cup, you know, and and, and it showed what it showed it showed with Grubauer. It showed what it showed with Grubauer starting starting the playoffs against Columbus after losing the first two games, and then for Holby in. But it just he saw he saw his game start to taper off then. Tapered a lot in Vancouver. Hopefully, with uh, going to Dallas, he can with a good defense in front of him, he can get back to where he was in Washington. Um, but I like I like the deal, two million dollars for one year. Absolutely great contract for Dallas. Uh, the biggest question now for Dallas is Ben Bishop. Does he does does he will he be will he be ready by October to play with Holpe? And if he is, is Anton Hudobin? Knocked out of Dallas. Do you mention to see what happens there with their goaltending situation? Anything to add on that one, uh, Alex? With no, actually, I like that deal. I think it's a low risk signing. It's a very low risk deal. Here, here's a big splash. A big splash. Seattle Kraken sign goaltender Philip Grubauer to a six-year, $5.9 million per contract. I love it. I think it's a great contract. I think it's an amazing contract. Philip Grubauer is heavily underrated. Had a Vesna season this past year. Has been had a great postseason. And I see a lot of people saying it's a bad contract. I think it's a fantastic contract for Seattle. Okay. So I like Grubauer as a player. I think a little bit overpacked. Not like anything outrageous, maybe a little bit, but I wouldn't say it's gonna like screw them over or anything. I think. I yeah, I it's not. Gonna, it's, it's a I'm deal not that, that's it, right. not gonna screw them. It's it's. I think it's a perfect contract, honestly. I mean, you look at this. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's a little season, not even. This past season, he played forty games. I've no well. Game, he started 39 games, but he played 40 games. He won 30 of them, lost nine in regulation, won in over one in overtime. Um, I mean, God, those are amazing stats. Yeah, he's yeah, listen, he's a great goalie. Goals against his, his goals against the average was, was a 1.95 last year, and save percentage was was a 922. This yeah. is this is the contract he's earned. Um, and in the playoffs, I mean, the playoffs again, 2-6-1 goals against average, a 9-1-4 save percentage. He played fine in those 10 games. The, the only, the only, I, I don't I don't know, I think it's a, I think it's just a perfect contract. I, I think people criminally underrate Grubauer. I, I don't know why. I like Grubauer. I, mean, I, I do think maybe a little too much money for you guys. Maybe not. Maybe the post the postseason experience or postseason success success you'd love to see. I know you like that word experience. Success is a better word because you know we talked about earlier the thing with Holtby got pulled up for two games. And if you do look at some of the games against Vegas, he wasn't terrible, but game four let in five goals, four out of the three, and then two net. And then uh, same with game six, they lost six to three. And don't forget they were. Up two nothing in that series at first, for losing four in a row. Uh, again, nothing against Grubauer. I think he's a great goalie. Maybe a little, little more money they hope, but I don't think it's gonna like be like someone you look back at like, oh my god, that was horrible. Yeah, I mean the crack can have a crap ton of money to spend, and they, yeah, yeah, it's not gonna cripple them into cap hell. Um, moving on to the LA Kings, they get a huge signing with Philippe Deneau. Six years, $5.5 million. And after the year he had in Montreal, this is a perfect contract. I love this deal for LA and Dano finally getting paid. And Dano is underrated, man. He's underrated. He wins almost every face up draw he gets. Underrated. I, I, would and, the guy, I, I think he's the guy most teams would love to have. Yeah, I, I thought for sure Montreal would resign him, but they didn't. Um, I was shocked they didn't. Yeah, I was too, but maybe maybe it's the money. I I don't know. I think it's just 
it's an absolute great contract for the Kings. I mean, this is arguably could be their first line center, most likely their second line center, but he's criminally underrated. He finally he finally gets paid. Love it. Uh, that, should, that should help out help out that that team. I think LA is up and coming. I think they'll be a true competitor in two years, maybe three, uh, for for a playoff spot. Here's one here. Jaden Schwartz from the St. Louis Blues signed with the Seattle Kraken. Five years, $5.5 million. I think it's a good contract. The only issue here is Jaden Schwartz has an injury problem. If he can stay healthy and play the full 80, 82 games, this contract is great. If he misses, If he misses a lot of games, let's say 15 or more games, that contract is going to look a little bad. Um, This is all based on on if Schwartz can stay healthy. If he can't, this is just a big Which is a big if. Yeah, it's a big if with him. Big if. It's like Tarasenko. If he can stay healthy. Tarasenko, I believe. Isn't he still available? He's still with with the Blues and still waiting for a trade. A lot of people think he's going to start He's going to start season with the Blues. Maybe, maybe he does. We'll see. We'll see. I got a couple moves I want to bring up. I know a couple you and I touched on. Go ahead. All right. So one I want to bring up: Dougie Hamilton for seven years heading to the Devils. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a big contract. That's a bad contract. So, I want to say, complete overpay. Like nine. Was it nine million per season? I believe was eight or nine. Nine. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's nine million per season. Oh, five hundred thousand less than Seth Jones. I, I don't know. Two bad contracts for Seth Jones and Dougie Hamilton. I don't know. I mean, Dougie Hamilton lacks. Dude, he's he's defense. making more than he lacks Victor. defense. He's, he's, he lacks he's defense. making more than Victor Hedman. <laughs> well, I, I mean that the Hedman contract was just a huge. I mean, Steve, Steve Eisman signed that deal, and yeah. I don't know how he did, but he did. But in general, you know what I mean. Like, like no, I know what you mean. This, oh, that, he's, so not, he's, not, he's not Alexander Hedman. He's, not, he's, he's getting paid more than Hedman and Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is the next Victor Hedman. Just give Which, him one more year, and he'll pass him. There's, there's one thing that terrifies me now. If Hamilton is making nine million dollars, what the heck are we have to pay Charlie McAvoy? Oh, the bar, the bar for defense. He just reset the def- the bar between him and Seth Jones. The bar to sign yes. defensemen from now on is terrifying. Yeah, the bar I'm for defensemen. Really dreading the day we have to, the day we have to give McAvoy his big boy contract. I am not looking forward to. But this this year alone, and it's not just defensemen, forwards too. GMs just said, "Here's the money. Take all the money you can have." Exactly. I believe this is this is uh, top five in one of the most uh, most spending on free agency in NHL history. As Sportsnet posted on social media, I forget the total spending, but it's like top five in NHL history this this offseason. And this is a flat cap era. I was not expecting it. No one was. But all of a sudden, free agency hit. And the money came out, and it's a lot of money for a lot of players who don't who get overpaid because of no one. Because I don't know, I don't even know why they're getting overpaid, but they are. Dougie, yeah, I saw the Dougie Hamilton one. That was like, oh, oh, that is a lot, a lot of money. I, I mean, then you and go he's to this. Player, he's, he's a good player, but he that lacks. Money he, he's a def- at all. defensive li- defensive liability, and he plays with the stack with. With stacked defensemen in Calgary with Mark Giordano and in Carolina with Jacob Flavin. He played with some very good defensive partners. When, and, when he was in Boston, he was, with, he was a peak with Dan Ocharo. Yeah, so, you know, it's just, he, he's, I don't know. We'll see how, how, he, how he does in New Jersey. Um, he's probably going to be pairing with, with P.K. Subban. Who's also uh, overpaid? That's going to be very. It's going to be the pair of the overpaid defensemen. Yeah. Overpaid defensemen who are defensive liabilities. I feel bad for Mackenzie Blackwood. Me too. Oh. He did so much better. 
going into another uh, similar contract, you got Zach Hyman, the M- was signing with Edmonton, seven years, five point five million per. I don't have an issue with the money. It's the term. Seven years is way too long. I think five point five is proper for him. I think he's criminally underrated. He is he's underrated, a, but I think I he's think a huge success in Toronto. I mean, he just this. Uh, I think this, this pa- more fair. He's good. This past, he's good. This past postseason shows how underrated Hyman is. Every postseason shows how underrated Hyman is. And he had a great. He had great postseasons against Boston. Every year, he had great postseasons against Boston. He was one of the guys that you saw every night who stood out. He stood out more than Marner. More than Matthews, obviously more than Tavares this year, but, you know, injury for him. Not as much as Nylander. Nylander played great, but I think it's it's a term that gets me. I would like to see, like, a four-year deal at five and a half. I, I, I could see why you would go lower to, like, around four, four, four and a half, five. I still think, I think five is a lot. Like, I, I mean, his, he's probably going to be playing four, second man. line with Edmonton. And we'll see if he can uh, keep up his great play as he did in Toronto, keep it here in Edmonton, as Edmonton has had a very, very uh, interesting offseason with a lot of these moves that they've made with the re-signing of Tyson Berry, with that contract, which is three years, 4.5. I think it's, a, I think it's more of a finer contract by Ken Holland, but they heavily overpaid Cody Ceci. Um, they trade, they get Duncan Keith. And then they lose Adam Larson for free because they had to protect Keith because of the movement clause. But yeah, this is tough. Um, moving moving forward, I I I like this deal here by Montreal. I, I don't know if you do, but this is this is the replacement for Thomas Tatar. Um, Montreal signed Mike Hoffman at three year four point five million. I think I think that's a great contract. Great contract. I like I like that one. Three years, four and a half. Good term. You know, not overpayment, properly pro- properly paid. Um, he can score. He can score goals. Um, if he can score goals in Montreal, they lack goal scoring. They need they need someone like Hoffman to score. It look it would look like a like a genius signing. Um, but one I think you're gonna like here, which we're gonna cover right now, the Boston Bruins signed goaltender Venus Olmark to a four-year, five million dollar deal. This was an absolutely amazing contract. An amazing player for Boston here, as this is a replacement for Tuka Rask. Okay, so I'm indifferent about this contract. I think the terms and the money are absolutely fine, right? Right. But my question is, they seem to show faith in Jeremy Swayman, correct? So What's up? They brought him up. I said, one thing is, they've shown faith, and I see a lot of promise in Jeremy Swayman who I thought was going to be the goalie of the future, I was very surprised they are using Omar Kroff, a transition goal. In four years, it's a pretty good amount of time. I like Omar a lot, so I'm fine with him being here for four years. I think he's capable of being one of the best. And seriously, he's 22. But my question is, how are they going to run this once they swim and hit 25 and he's ready to go go as a starting goalie? Are they going to do that? Are they going to switch him off immediately or have – you know, oh, maybe they, maybe they know something about swimming and we don't. You know, I think, and I've heard some rumbles. They might even bring Rask back when he's healthy. I'm like, all right, well then, how does that work out? Well, I think they they gotta settle what their plan is. I, I'm thrilled Omar is here. He's so underrated. Yeah, that poor guy got fucking buckled last year. Well, here's the thing. Like, he he had, yes, yes, he went nine six and three last year. Look at his stats: a two sixty three goals against and nine one seven save percentage. No, with the I, Buffalo I Sabers. The worst defensive team in the yeah. league, the worst team in the you, league, and he put up those numbers. Amazing contract you know the, right there. You you know the meme with all the trash bags and one made a gold that was Omar on the Sabres last year. Yeah, yeah. And the year before curious. he did the same thing, same yeah, numbers, I am, identical numbers as last he's year. Good. Especially the way better team like Boston. I'm just curious how they're gonna like handle this. Cause well, I I don't think they're gonna just. I think you can't just give up on swimming. Then, no, they're, they're, know, not, think, they're not going to get. I don't think they could get to give up on Flame. I think the biggest thing here is this: they sign Allmark because they don't know what's, what what Rask is doing. Rask is first off, he's injured. He's Rask not going to be running until January. He's out until January, February. And yeah. then I saw a rumor he might he might even come back in January. Oh my god, I don't know about that. Yeah, so this is. I think this is a signing where 
Uh, if you're Don Sweeney, you're like, okay, Rask, A, he's injured till January, February, and B, he might retire. We need to get starting goalie. We're going, we're going okay. with Olmark. And to be fair, Swayman's only played 10 games. It's not a big sample yeah, size. Swayman, you know, it, we have such a small increment of measurement for Swayman's game, you can't just throw him out to the wall saying Swayman's our starting goalie. I think they have to give him, you know, goalies take long. Three or four years to develop is fine. I think it's a perfect amount of time to analyze Swayman's game. And if he's ready by year three or year four, you do with the Islanders with Thomas Grice and Leonard. Or Leonard and Flurry in Vegas, you have each goalie play a similar amount of games, and you have that, yeah. that deep deportation. My, literally, my only concern is that I don't want Swayman to get like swept aside and go somewhere else to be great. Cause he's 22. He's so young. He's a year older than us. Yeah. So he's a young, young guy, and I don't want to risk that. But Omar being here is fantastic. I, that was I did not see that coming at all. Too. I thought for sure that. I think uh, I think the the worst scenario is. Rast comes back, right? Um, they move Swayman down to the Swayman would that, go to that, Providence. That, that's, the, that's the worst thing to happen is Swayman goes down to Providence when Rast comes back. The worst scenario, that's the scenario that favors Boston. So he's still got Swayman on the team. And he's still going to have probably 20 games played by January, February, around that. Yeah. So, you know, he's still going to have plenty of time, on, plenty of, uh, you know, some, some time under his belt. So we'll see what happens, though. But I think that's a great signing, and I mean, and then of course, you know, with the hat, with the signing, you see Vladar. Vladar gets traded to Calgary. Obviously, because there was no room. There was no room on the roster. Where would he fit in, especially if Rask comes back? Yeah, I mean, there. First off, yeah, if Rask comes back, you got. If Vladar uh, if Vladar was still there, you got Rask coming in. You got four goalies, and Vladar and is waiver eligible. You don't want to lose him for free, so you got. Yeah, to- no, I I was completely fine with him being traded. I yeah. was like, all right, <laughs> makes it's a, it's a, it's a makes sense, you know, sort of uh sort of deal right there. Going on to again now, here we go. We're gonna cover a. Uh, well, three more Boston Bruins uh, signings. We got Nick Foligno signing for two years, three point eight million per. Love this. You got, this, you this, got Eric Howla signing two years, two point three million per. And then, in my opinion, the worst of these deals is Derek Forbort, three years at three million per season. So those are three so, contracts that stand out from Foligno. to me. I love the Foligno deal. That is by far my favorite contract they signed. Well, okay. here's, the, here's the thing, the though, leadership. with the, the Flingo deal. The Flingo deal is the, the catch is this. If you get the Flingo that played in Columbus, this is an absolute steal. If you get the Flingo that played in Toronto, it's a bad contract. Yeah, but... That's the only catch. Like, that's the I game don't think, take, but... Yeah, it's a game we take with him. And I think I think if, if Flingo plays the role that he's going to play, which is probably rotate between second and third line, I think he's going to... I think and if, his style matches Boston. I think I think he has resurgence and he plays well. Yeah, I think it's a good deal. It's the kind of guy you'd want to bring in, and I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the team. If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out. I'm not gonna, you know, lose sleep over. I'd be disappointed. But well, and this this deal makes sense. These deals make sense for Boston because yeah. this is this it's is the crazy. last go. This is the last go. Probably uh, the last you, mean, you you know my opinion on it. They missed some chances. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but you might as well try to keep it alive. The last Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, in my opinion, they their chance the window slammed closed in the first intermission of Game Seven, twenty nineteen. <laughs> the minute Marchand stepped off the ice and Petrangelo part of that goal, I was like, oh well, there's that. Yeah, that line change is sort of crap. Uh, moving to the Eric Howla deal. You could argue that line change was the dagger in the Bruins' window. Mm, probably was. Because if we just swatched the puck away, Bruins exited. Or just stays on the ice and covers the Yeah. So. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get into that. All right. Eric Howla, this contract, two years, $2.3 million per. Um, Howla will be a good bottom six guy. He's the center. Um, he, can, he can pot 20 goals. 
You can pot 10. Whichever one you get, it's Eric Howla. I think his game matches Boston. I think, I think this is a good this is a good signing. You're you're increasing your you're bettering your depth, which is what they need to do in the first place. They yeah, have they have no players. depth whatsoever whatsoever. Boston has no depth, just like one Toronto. Of, one of our killers have been the lack of depth in yeah. every season. Is that at the end of the year, every year it comes down to all the upers being Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak. And then David Krejci here and there. And then, yeah, David Krejci. Well, David Krejci, I'll talk about him later if I do want to talk about that. But. Yeah. So, yeah, so you get two, two good forwards who will better your depth, Eric Howell and Nick Flingo, as long as they, you know, the play goes there. And then the one I think is the overpayment is Derek Horvath at three or three million. I don't like that. No, uh, I remember reading it. I was like, what? We did, we did what? Yeah, I think like a no, nowhere near as bad as you know the Seth Jones contract. No, it's yeah. not. It's just it's just a little bit of, over, of an overpayment. Maybe it was like around two. It was like a two point three per fine, but three years. I mean, three million per. I don't really like that deal. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you think Mike Riley got overpaid with with his extension at three million dollars, Mike Riley? I, I, I personally yes, off this and no, I like him a lot, and he was really good here. Exactly, but which is why I like it. I like sample it. size was so small with him. Yeah. I'll say for now I like it, but we have to see how it obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Let's look back yeah. at it at the end of the season. Let's look at but let's look back at the end of the season and see. But for the moment, I do like it. Right. One, we need guys who shoot left on the defense, and two. I like his game style, but there's been guys I've said the exact same thing about as well, and then they come here and stink. Yeah, it happens to every team. It happens to every team, you know. Same, yeah. same crap happens. Um, moving on, we're gonna cover two goalies here. Uh, Peter Morazic, he signed with with Toronto, three years, three point eight million. This is a great signing for Toronto. I have to acknowledge it. It's a great signing for Toronto. Um, you have goaltending. You have Golden, you have a backup for Campbell. I think what Toronto has done this offseason has been great. I think Morazic is a great addition to that. I know you as a Bruins fan probably hate this signing or whatever, but I think it's great right, for As Toronto. a Bruins fan, do you think I'm really scared of Toronto at this point? Oh, probably not because they're probably going to lose. I, I know at some point, I know at some point they'll get us eventually. That's how it goes, but the time being, I'm like, well, the, I totally they'll, get you, they'll get you guys, you. When, you guys no, no. Are re, when you guys are rebuilding. Definitely yeah, start beating you. Eventually, it balances out. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, they will get us in the playoff series. I will, I won't guarantee it in case you know the timeline just missed there and say we're rebuilding while they're at their peak. But right for what they've shown until they are show their capable of beating us, I'm not going to freak out about them. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's a great signing for them. But second, the second one, and you know, after Carolina loses Morazic and they lose Bernier, they bring in Anderson. Now they bring in Anthony Ranta on a two-year, two million per uh, contract. I think it's a great contract for Ranta. Um, if he can stay healthy, he's a great goalie. If he's not, if he's not healthy, that that that's the issue with Ranta. He has to stay healthy with him in order, in order for him to be good. Um, so if that happens, great contract. And I think Carolina's goaltending did get better. Um, but I still, again, I would like to see Nadalkovich stay there. I don't know why they trade him. I'm still confused to this day. Why, <laughs> why Nadalkovich is not there. Yeah, me too. I don't understand the motive behind that move. Yeah, I guess it's I ownership being, I guess, I guess it's ownership being cheap. I, I guess, I guess that's the only thing I, I can conclude there is that. Um, before we go into trades, we're going to cover a, a little bit more free agency, just a little bit more trades. We've got Brendan Saad signing a five-year, $4.5 million deal with St. Louis Blues. I mean, for a guy who's going to pot 20-plus goals a year, who played great with, with Colorado in the regular and postseason, um, I think this is a great contract. Um, no more comments that, that that's the right deal. The only comment is that he's a blue. That's the issue. He's, he's a Blues player now. So that's a boo for him, unfortunately. We can finally agree on something. We both hate the Blues. Yeah. yeah, so now I hate Brendan Saad because he's, because he's on the Blues. So there we go. Um, uh, any other deals that look... Nothing 
too. I guess only nothing too spectacular. Is that it? For... Uh, one I want to talk about is just uh, David Krejci going to play in Czech Republic. Yeah, yes. whatever league it was. Yeah, that caught me off guard. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure he was going to um, uh, you know, come back and play with Boston. Um, one thing we know for sure with his with his statement saying he's not retiring. He just playing in the Czech Republic. He could come back to Boston. Very well could. Uh, he could. I saw some a couple of people say that. Oh, maybe he will. Um, he'll play out the Czech Republic season, which I think ends in March, and then come back in April to play the play from Boston. I wouldn't count my hopes up. But I want to say, if this is it for him, what a hell of a ride! He's such an underrated player. You know, he actually led the league in scoring in the playoffs in 2011 and 2013. Yeah, he is definitely um, an and underrated so, player. So slept on, and um, I appreciate everything given Boston. Yeah, I, definitely I, gonna be missed here. I don't think it's I. You know, it's like he said, this this is not a goodbye. See you later. I think that's what it is. I think he plays one year in the Czech Republic because he hasn't seen his family due to COVID. Um, so I think it does that. He plays in front of his hometown crowd, and then he comes back and plays with Boston. Maybe that happens. Yeah, if he wants to come back to Boston, he'll be welcome with open arms. Yeah. And you know, he did say in his statement, if he comes back, the only team he's going to sign with is Boston. So that's a guarantee. Yeah. If he comes back, it's with Boston. Now we move on to some trades here um, in part two of this podcast. Um, we're going to start off with uh, – you know, not much of a splash trade by any means. There weren't really big splashes during the free agent frenzy. Um, one thing to kick it off to kick it off with, you got the Winnipeg Jets, who have done a fantastic job bolstering their defense this offseason. They acquired Nate Schmidt from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a third round pick. Nate Schmidt played very well in Vegas. Played very bad with with, with Vancouver. Gets a chance scenery going to Winnipeg. And I think Winnipeg needs defensemen to replace the likes of Dustin Bufflin still. Nate Schmidt is a guy that you can count on to play top, you know, top four minutes. I think he's a good defenseman. And I think this is a good trade and a win for Winnipeg. And yeah, one for Vancouver because they get a draft pick. Nothing yeah, more to maybe. add. I, mean, I, I don't really have much to say about that one. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing – oh, here, here – I mean, here's a, here's a funny one. So Seattle Kraken, the expansion draft, they selected Vitek Vanacek, right? And then they trade Vitek Vanacek back to Washington for a second-round draft pick in 2023. That's a a win for Seattle. One for Seattle. And then one one for Washington. It's a win. So there you go. There's that one. Um, How about this one? The breaking – so Kudama had one guy really got to their head. The Rangers acquire Ryan Reeves in exchange for a third round pick. Talk about Tom Wilson getting in their head. Tom Wilson owns the New York Rangers right now. They go out and get Barkley Goudreau, Jared Tenorti, and now Ryan Reeves. Oh my God! Just just to just to fend off Tom Wilson. That's just pathetic. I I don't know what they're doing. This is just not good. Yeah, that was um something. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's after Colorado losing Philip Grubauer, losing Brendan Saad, losing Jonas Donskoy, losing a bunch of players due to the McCarr extension and the signing of and the recent the re-signing of Gabriel Landeskog, they acquire goaltender Darcy Kemper from Arizona in exchange for defenseman Connor Timmins, first round pick and a conditional third round pick in 2024. It depends on the way it goes. Darcy Kemper plays well. It's a good trade. If he struggles, it's going to look bad for Colorado. And, you know, it depends. Can Kemper be the guy to get Colorado past the second round? That remains to be seen until we see him play. Um, I, I, I like the deal, but I don't because Grubauer is better, in my opinion, than, than Kemper. I don't think Kemper is the guy that can get Colorado over the hump. But maybe he but maybe he is. We don't know. He did play in Arizona. Yeah. I think they should have kept uh, Yeah, but I think, you know, the fact that, you know, money to spend 
they just didn't, they couldn't afford it. Um, I think that, I think that's it for I think that's it for for trades. You have any more trades? We'll see, you know, it's, yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me. I mean, um, I mean, you got the Hawks getting Tyler Johnson in a second round pick for free. They get a uh, Tampa Bay gets Brent Seabrook's contract, which puts Tampa over the cap. By the way, here we go again. Just so I let you all know that it puts Tampa over the cap, getting Brent, getting Brent Seabrook's contract. And they're gonna do it again. They are. They are. I mean, it's in the rules. They're gonna do it. it. Depends. But the thing is, though, how well do they do it? Though, that's the question. How well do they do it this time? Who do they acquire at the deadline? You know. Well, hopefully, they, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't do anything ridiculous again like that with David Savard. Yeah. That and David Savard was a tremendous addition to them. And going to Montreal is great because he shows how underrated he was uh, as a defenseman. Um, one thing to acknowledge before we, I guess, we end this here is um, Buffalo Sabres, after being dumping their entire team, um, the huge news of Jack Eichel and you know, his tweets about management and ownership and how he really dislikes them. Um, they acquired defenseman Will Butcher from New Jersey for a fifth-round pick and future considerations. Um, I think it's a good pickup for Buffalo if Will Butcher can, can contribute offensively. Yeah, he not, his run in New, New Jersey, you know, wasn't, wasn't too well. I think going to Buffalo might, might – Hopefully, research him. Um, he's nothing too spectacular. He's a solid top four, top six defenseman. Yeah, after losing Ristolainen, Allmark, and Reinhardt, I think this is a good addition to the team. But it's not enough to keep Jack. But it's not enough to keep Jack Eichel by any means. Not Jack Eichel's not staying. He's, he's gone. No, he's gone. He's for sure gone. There, there is no. There's nothing Kevin Adams can do. With them. What? I don't see any circumstance he plays to him again. No, I, I don't see it either. Um, they messed up his neck. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. First off, they have bad ownership. Um, they have. I mean, Kevin Adams is doing the right thing, and that's you know creating a new identity by, by getting guys out, getting guys out of the team. This, but you're not going to be able to keep Jack Eichel. No. But the biggest question is, as things continue to go on and, you know, keep going, how, what does Buffalo get for, for Jack Eichel? That's the biggest question. What do they get for him? Which is the thing. At the moment, Eichel holds all the power. He does. He does. Um, I mean, the, the top teams who are rumored to get Jack Eichel are Minnesota and Anaheim. Um some people think it's Vegas, but Vegas can't afford the, the contract of Jack Eichel, especially after re-signing Alec Martinez and getting and getting Evgeny Danilov from Ottawa. Um, they can't afford him. So, yeah, it's down to Anaheim and Minnesota. Possibly the Rangers, though. The Rangers could get him if they move out, if they move out to the Jazz, but we'll see if that happens. Um, Anything else to add before I wrap it up here or, or whatever? No, I think, I think that's it. That's it. Wow, look at, look at that. Very A shorter episode today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, we uh, enjoy enjoy the time. You know, Rage and Frenzy. Doesn't get any better than that. Um, so, it's fun to follow. Oh, so much fun. The constant texting. And talking about deals. Checking the phone every five minutes. <laughs> every five minutes, that's true. Um, in future episodes, uh, the future episodes, we plan on talking about, well, doing season previews for the NFL because their preseason, their preseason comes up very soon. So we're going to get our previews out for that. Um, we might do something. We might do something with baseball. Probably, probably with the postseason though, with the playoffs. Our predictions for that. Um, NHL season preview will be coming up 
in September sometime. Um, but I think in the next few weeks, we're going to pump out an NFL season preview and uh, some entertainment videos, finally. Finally, some entertainment podcast. Took long enough. Took long enough. Um, I'll, you know, obviously after the podcast, we'll talk about it. Um, but there we go. NHL Fridge and Frenzy and some trades that happened over the over the month of July. Um, hope you all enjoyed listening. Um, hope you all enjoyed drinking your beer, drinking your whatever, and eating your snacks <laughs> as you listen to two college guys talk about sports that no one cares about. And that's a <laughs> signing off for until well, signing signing off until next time. Thank you for listening. 